Welcome to Thames Festival Trust podcasts for the Islanders project. In this podcast, Pat McMurdo talks about housing condition, her mum's many jobs and shopping in Silvertown. My name is Patricia Rose Elizabeth McMurdo. I was born Patricia Rose Elizabeth Peck at Plasto Maternity Hospital in Howards Road, Plasto, 8th of April 1953. My father and his father, and my dad had a brother as well, all came from Silvertown, so my dad didn't move very, ever move very far. My mother came from Bethnal Green, and they met on holiday in Jersey, <laughs> and um, my mum then lived for the rest of her life in Silvertown. I don't, she wasn't impressed by Silvertown. <laughs> I can remember, I remember her once telling me that when my dad first took her to Silvertown, she said she'd never seen a place where you had a, a railway line running down the middle of the road. And what on earth have you brought me to? Well, I lived in Lord Street, which is in the sort of North Wallage end of Silvertown from, well, when I was born, April 1953 to 1967. And the house that we lived in particularly was a, a large house. It was very different from the others. And uh, it was damp, <laughs> no central heating, no hot water. In those days, I don't think many people owned their own houses. They were mostly privately rented until the council started building um, properties after the war. But it didn't affect my life at all. Well, I think it was hard for my parents, especially my mum, with all the cleaning and you know not having all the modern facilities. But um, because of the bombings during the war, I think a lot of the houses, the foundations had been affected. I mean, the house that we lived in, it was damp. And I think that was due to the foundations. And I think they were, some of the houses were quite cheaply built, probably during the time when they were sort of setting up the industry in the 1800s. Our house was a huge house. And originally there were two families living there. And then there was my mum and dad and my grandfather, but he died, I think, in about 1960 or something like that. So there was just three of us living in this huge house. My dad was constantly decorating and it was always, always damp. So when they started demolishing, and I think that's the reason they were sort of, they didn't have bathrooms, they had outside toilets, although we did have a bathroom and inside toilet, but no hot water. My mum used to have to boil water in a in a sort of big boiler thing and tip it and get buckets and tip it into the bath. So we used to bath once a week. But most of the houses had either baths in the kitchen or they had a, they didn't have a bath, they had a tin bath and an outside toilet. And I think because of the general condition of the houses, I think that's why they were demolished. But what I couldn't understand is they demolished quite a lot of the housing, but still some of it's still standing. And I thought the houses like opposite where I lived in Lord Street are still there. And I'm quite surprised about that. We did a little bit of history because Peck is quite an unusual name. And I thought they came from Suffolk, but I think they came from Barking. And so it was my father's father who moved to Silvertown. And then I don't know where he worked. I don't know where he worked. He, he, he did work. He, I know he worked for this. My grandfather worked for the Silvertown Rubber Company at some point. So I don't know if he came to Silvertown to work there for an employment and then met his wife and they married and lived there. But beyond that, I've 
know very little about my family history on that side of things. But I, do, I think we had relatives in Barking and possibly in Suffolk as well. But I don't know any of them. I never never met my grandmother. She died before I was born, my father's mother. But my grandfather lived with us until he died when I was six. And then my uncle, Albert, my dad's father, my dad's brother, lived in Stepney. So we used to go and visit them. But beyond that, I don't know. Originally, my mum was a... Um, a machinist and she worked in the east end of London and I think she was still doing that when she met my dad but then when she had me oh my god she did so many jobs she worked my mum start with my mum she worked these are all the jobs she had she worked in the pie mash shop Rylands near Silvertown station doing washing up these are different jobs at different times she worked in George's dining rooms which was on the corner of Leonard Street and she did washing up there she was a cleaner working for the PLA and she used to have to work the five o'clock in the morning. She would walk the length of the docks to get to work. She worked as a coil winder for loaders and Luca line. She, <laughs> she worked as Tate and Lyles as a cleaner. And I think her last job was at aluminium foils, just sort of doing washing up in the kitchen. I'm sure there must be other jobs in between, but I don't remember those. My dad was a, um, he was a very clever man, but he just, didn't I think he's he, he had a chance to go to grammar school but because his parents couldn't afford the uniform for him and his brother to go he went to a secondary modern but my dad was a wages clerk and the first, he worked for the originally for the tower shipping company which was importing and exporting meat and then um he left there and worked for the Glenline shipping company and he was a wages clerk he used to go onto the boats never took me <laughs> and pay the wages to the crew on the boats and I think he really enjoyed that job unfortunately he was made redundant from there I think he was in his early 60s found it difficult to get a job so he w went to work for Zetas Pauls up in London um, just doing general clerical work so he never worked he worked in the docks my dad but not as a docker or a manual worker I suppose he was what you call at the time a blue collar worker and that's what they called it but my mum did sort of any job she could do really but she always worked until retirement age and then in 1967 we moved to West Silvertown into a tower block because our side of the road was knocked down but our houses on the opposite side are still standing and worth god knows how much but we moved into a tower block in West Silvertown in 1967 and I lived there until 1974 on the 16th floor of a tower block, which my mum absolutely loved. I wasn't so sure about, but anyway, it was, a, it was you know, I had lots of friends and I lived there to 1974 when I got married and moved to East Ham. <laughs> and my dad, because during the time when my dad was growing up, East Ham was like a quite a well-to-do area because that was part of um east um they used to be east ham and west ham and east ham was the most affluent part of the borough obviously it's now all new newham but east ham was definitely the more affluent part of the borough so my dad thought it was wonderful that i'd moved to a more affluent part of the borough <laughs> yeah and i loved it there i loved it and then um so then in 1986 moved here to romford so i haven't moved that far really i never felt any sorrow that I've moved away from Silvertown, put it that way. But the times that I had there were good, but I didn't feel that it was any loss, great loss leaving. <laughs> it, I, I remember a lot that there was, there was a lot because it was post-war, it was six years post-war, which I didn't really have an insight into and my parents didn't really speak about. It's only 
in sort of now later life that I've read about all these sort of bombings and everything. But I just knew there were lots of um, damaged houses and there were lots of debris, which was a great adventure playground, especially for the boys. They just used to run all over the place. It didn't seem odd to me at the time. I, n- I never, ever questioned it. And I just enjoyed living there. We played out in the street. Everybody sort of knew everybody. And it was just a nice little community. Unfortunately, when we moved to the tower block and the houses started being demolished, um, I think that community started vanishing, really. I think as it does in most areas. But no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed school. I went to Drew Road School from the age of five to the age of 11. And then I passed 11 plus and went to Plasto Grammar School. But I enjoyed my school times. I loved Drew Road. I was always, I was naughty though. I was always talking and getting into trouble. The thing I remember most, and it seems odd seeing it now, are the ships at the back of the school. And um, I love Call the Midwife. And when I see that scene now at the beginning, Call the Midwife, it just seems, it was just there when I was younger. But it just seems unreal now when I see it, you know. Did I really live in an area where there was a ship at the bottom of the road? No, I really enjoyed my time there. And I enjoyed my time in West Silvertown when we moved to the flats there. But I always had lots of friends. I was always playing out. I used to love going to Victoria Gardens. It was such a lovely part. And I used to go uh, to the uh, Polytechnic in um, in Woolwich, in South Woolwich. I used to go on the tu- across on the across the tunnel or on the ferry and quite a young age I think about eight or nine I'm sure I wasn't I'm sure I was still at primary school and I used to go over there and go to the swimming baths and um, come home and things just seemed a lot more free then and you were able to do more things but didn't ever feel unsafe and I don't remember hearing of anything untowards in our community at the time I think one of the nicest I loved the park And I still, you know, when I went to revisit the park, I think it's changed a lot and it isn't as well kept as it used to be. But I just loved going to the park. In the summer, they used to have shows during the six weeks holidays. They used to have shows on and I was allowed to go down. I think, you know, to be honest, I had quite a lot of freedom just playing in the streets, sort of street games and just going around to friends' houses and just playing with friends and skipping and things like that, you know, just hopscotch just general games roller skates although to spend more time off of them than on them (laughs) falling over but just really nice people they're all very very nice friendly people that's I think it was the community spirit that that I liked my mum my dad died in 1985 my mum moved to from the tower blocks were demolished I think in 1998 Dunlop um, Cranbrook Point and Dunlop Point and my mum moved to uh, Royal Victoria Place, opposite the Excel Centre. And she was, I think she moved there in 1998 and she died in 2001. And there were quite a few of the old neighbours moved into the block. And I think most of them have died since. So this, I had, I've got no other family there at all. We were sort of a small family. There was, I'm an only child and there were just, my dad had two brothers, uh, one brother, sorry, and he died. And uh, my mum had one sister and she's still alive, but she lives near where I live now, funnily enough. (laughs) In those days, you never had any access to the docks. And I always wondered what it was like behind that wooden fence at the end of my road. Because when you went to the end of Lord Street, you had the Albert Road one end, and then you had um, the docks the other end. So you had the fence, and there was lots of wildlife, lots of greenery there. And I often wondered what was over the other side. And I think the only time I saw anything was when we went up on the roof of the school, at Drew Road and you could see over into the docks and also the school um, adopted a ship called the Glen Orkey 
and certain classrooms were allowed to go on there for tea with a captain and I think the headmistress used to go. The class that I was in, I don't think they were ever selected to go. It must have been sort of at certain times when the ship was in, in dock that they would go on there. But that was a big part of our life, you know, our school life, the ship. And we used to sing lots of songs about the sea and we used to get presents from the ship, a big map on the wall, and they'd, they'd mark out where the ship was at any, any given time. When ships go sailing on the sea, oh, my God, I can't remember the words. You'd have to look that one up. But it's when, when ships go sailing on the sea, and I think Eternal Father, Strong to Save, one of them they sung, was sung at the Duke of Edinburgh's funeral, because that was quite, a, you know, he was in the Royal Navy. Oh, I remember one thing, and I think, you know, it's probably been mentioned before, there used to be a rag and bone man called Levi Lee. He used to come round the streets. He used to have a, with a horse and cart, and he had a roundabout on the back of it. And I think you'd give him sort of old old rags and he'd give you a piece of crockery or a fish or something. I'm sure he used to give like a goldfish. And I remember, you know, getting really excited when he came around because all the children used to clamber up and he used to stand there and push this, be a penny or something, he used to push this roundabout round and round. <laughs> and, you know, those, and they were really simple things, but it was good fun. When I was younger, we used to shop, lo- my mum used to shop locally. There were sort of shops, there was around the corner to where I lived. There was a doctor's surgery. There was um, a hairdresser's. I think there might have been a men's barber's. There was a shop that sold sort of clothes and and you could buy things on tick, as they used to say. You could pay off for them each week. There was a sweet shop and newspaper shop, Dow's. I remember that very, very well. Um, used to go there on a Saturday evening and get some quarter of Merry Mays were my favourites. <laughs> and I used to get sort of some sweets from my parents and a bottle of lemonade or something. Um, and I think there was a fish stall further along. They used to sell shellfish on a Sunday. One thing I particularly remember, there was an um, old greengrocer's and the man who worked in there was Mr Cox. <laughs> and he, he never looked very clean. <laughs> and as you walked in, the floorboards almost used to go from underneath your feet because obviously that um, shop had been damaged during the war, but the floorboards were nearly going through. And I think my mum only ever sent, my mum would send me round there to get potatoes and things, but only in an emergency (laughs) because she used the greengrocers further along near Silvertown. There were some shops there as well. And also the co-op, co-op in Kennard Street. That was, there was butchers. My mum used to use a lot. There was a little supermarket and there was another shop where they sold sort of clothes, clothing items. So you had sort of sporadic shops. As you walked along, there'd be a cafe on a corner. There would be a um, sweet shops. There was a butcher's. Obviously, no big shops like they have now. But people at that time would shop locally because a lot of people didn't have fridges. So they would have to shop daily to buy things. Next road to us in Holt Road, there was a garage. Newspaper shop, they used to sell oil. We used to have an oil heater to try and keep the house warm because we had no central heating. And I can remember going around there with a can and getting it filled up with oil to bring home. You think, could you never let your children do that? Not nowadays. <laughs> you would never oil heater. <laughs> So, but these were things we just did and never really gave much thought to. You just live with it. Nothing bad happened. I think probably a miracle more than anything else. But there were lots of like little local shops, but nothing, say the co-op was the biggest. You know, that's the place most people went to to do their shopping. And then I think as things progressed, 
you'd go to either South Woolwich shopping or where there were more shops and then to um, Rathbone Street to get food shopping. But now you have to go further afield, either to Beckton or to Canning Town or possibly Stratford to shop. You know, I'm talking about food shopping, not clothes shopping and things like that. So I think the people, I get the impression that the people who are there, some of them still original silver towners, have lost out a bit. I have been back. Yeah, I've been back for some, I belong to a small group on Facebook and um, I've been back for reunions. I think the thing I notice most about it is, and I think they are starting to do something about it, is that it seems like two different communities now. You've got what I call the well-to-do side, um, you know, the sort of round Thames barrier part. And then you've still got the original houses because they were built post-war in the 1960s. And that wall, that wall that runs along by the railway is absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I mean, well, at least you could see through the railings, you could see through before and see the trains, but God, it's awful. You know, a concrete wall, whoever thought of that, I don't know. <laughs> so I do feel that the people, well, not poor, but they're not poor, but the people on the less affluent side of Silvertown still suffer more than those on the more affluent side of Silvertown. I think they have lost that. You know, there's a lot of money being put into the area, but I don't think there's been a lot of thought about the original residents who live there. That's the impression that I got. And I was last there, I think, two years ago. I went to the Brick Lane Music Hall and I'd been christened in that church, I think, in June 1953, St Mark's Church. But um, I just felt, and I went back to somebody's house afterwards, and I remember these houses because I had a friend living in them. And the house was beautiful, but there wasn't much around it. You know, there's not easy access for people, maybe if they don't drive or, you know, you can't just pop down to the corner shop and get something. There's no little supermarkets or anything. And I think that's what people miss in that area. When I go back now and see how different it is from one side of Silvertown to the other and how much money has gone into these developments on the Thames Barrier side especially I get annoyed because I think you know people should you know these are residents who've lived there a long time they should be treated equally for more information on our projects and events head to thamesfestivaltrust.org supported by National Lottery Heritage Fund and Royal Dogs <laughs>